Hey, welcome to a Stonewall's Perspective podcast. In this podcast, Alex gives his perspective on what is going on in the world. It is his mission to bring the light of the gospel into every aspect of life. We hope you enjoy. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of A Stonewall's Perspective. I'm your host, Alexander Stone. I'm on a mission to spread the light of the gospel into every aspect of life. And yes, I did say every, including the things that people do not like to discuss. Today's show, I have another very special guest with me. He is the Dean of Students at Calvary University, my college, uh, a college that I've come to love very much um, and, and very um, grown a lot through being here. And one of the people that has impacted my life is is the Dean of Students, Dean Josh Johnson. How are you doing today, sir? Doing great today, Alex. Thanks for uh, inviting me on. Well, thank you so much for uh, having the time to be on here. Um, you've impacted me, like I said, uh, very greatly, you know, just through different conversations that we've had. And then um, also just you speaking at chapel uh, as well. You just recently spoke at Calvary's Chapel talking about misplaced identity. Um, and so that's what I want to talk about today. But before we do that, could you tell my audience a little bit about who you are and where you come from and just really your story and how you got to Calvary? Yeah. Um, so I was uh, I was born in a, a home that loved Jesus. I was born into a home where my father was a pastor. Um, he had just taken his first pastorate uh, about a year before I was born. That was in Woodstock, Ontario, Canada. He moved on to another pastorate a few years later in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So I had five years of my early childhood years uh, there in Louisiana and then moved to Kansas City, Missouri when I was 11 years old. And uh, I became a believer when I was four. Uh, I think I understood the truth of the gospel, Christ's uh, death, burial, resurrection, uh, at that age, and then uh, as I continued to grow uh, in in life, I think I grew. God's taught me a lot mm-hmm. in my uh, teenage years. I think I sh- I would say I strayed from the Lord in my uh, late ten- teenage years, fifteen mm-hmm. to eighteen years old, and the Lord called me back after some time. I would uh, some of the things that I struggled with would, would have been sexual sin. Um, Thieving, I, I spent a night in jail um, after thieving when I was 17 years old, and God taught me a lot about grace, mercy, holiness, uh, justice in that time period. I learned a lot uh, from family, from the church family, from uh, godly grandparents who I had to call and say, uh, this is where I am in life. Mm-hmm. This is what I've struggled with. Uh, it was a blessing mm-hmm. to have a godly uh, family around me and a godly church family in that time right. period. And then I went to Bryan College in Dayton, Tennessee, which is really similar to Calvary. And I, it kind of came down for me uh, between two schools. It was Calvary or Bryan. Ended up at Bryan, somewhat related to uh, my sister had gone there mm-hmm. and also related to athletics that they offered. Calvary had different athletics, but uh, for four years at uh, Brian College graduated with a Christian education degree, and then uh, have been teaching for the last uh, twenty years until I came to Calvary. Taught at the high school level, at the middle school level, coached a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, then started doing dean activities when mm-hmm. my wife and I were in Israel mm-hmm. for three years. Yeah. So I was the dean of students at the Anglican International School of Jerusalem, <laughs> and then on to Calvary, and we've been here about four years. That's awesome. What was your time like in Israel? <clears throat> Time in Israel was incredible. Um, 
There are a lot of believers that uh, go to Israel for a, a spiritual feeling, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that Israel is a place to go to understand God's word. Mm-hmm. We went and uh, Israel is such a small country; it's the size of New Jersey. So, any weekend from Jerusalem, you can reach the northernmost tip or the southernmost tip, east to west, easily uh, with just a day trip. Right. So, we did day trips to. All the historical sites that we'd be familiar with in God's Word. Right. Learned a lot about what that would have looked like, mm-hmm. um, what the terrain looked like. So as we read God's Word, uh, His story comes alive even mm-hmm. more, I think. That's powerful. That is very powerful. I know I know a lot of people who go to Israel for that spiritual <coughs> feeling. I don't, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Um, but I think the focus is off when you are going there just for that spiritual feeling. Uh, which is, you know, interesting to look at and, and go into. Uh, but now, now shifting it from from your story and Israel and everything um, to misplaced identity, I think that's something that a lot of Christians do uh, all the time, and and not even just not uh, not even just Christians, but non Christians as well. They they place their identity in things that are just fleeting, things that are of the world, and 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 my, my first question uh, relating to that is that something that you ever know, dealt with uh, growing up, misplacing your identity or, 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 or falling away from the identity that you'll have in Christ? Yeah, 100%. I misplaced my identity. Uh, as a child, the primary way in which I misplaced my identity was with athletics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was talking with another professor yesterday, and he said something about how, well, it sounds like you like every sport. And that's actually true. I really mm-hmm. enjoy any sport that's not on water or ice, because those aren't uh, good to people who don't have great balance. But every every sport that's on land, I've, I've enjoyed at some mm-hmm. point, pretty much. And I put my identity oftentimes in the sport and in my success in that sport. Mm-hmm. So um, some of the harder moments in my life came with losses in a sport or recognition with a sport that right. I was not... Um, quite the alpha elite uh, that I that I thought I was when I spoke in chapel last week or two weeks ago I mentioned the alpha elite idea I thought I was uh, a really good athlete and then ran into people who might have been a little bit better mm-hmm. athletes so those right. were challenging moments mm-hmm. that's one way I misplaced my identity out of the many right that makes sense I I, I think I, I did that when I was in, in high school especially just putting my identity in basketball how I was doing if I did terrible, you know, mm-hmm. my identity would go to the fact that I did terrible in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, if I did really, really good, uh, I remember one time it was my birthday. I scored forty-seven points, my career high. Wow! I, I put I put my identity in that for quite a bit, um, and and so that 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 was uh, you know I was flawed in doing so. Uh, but that's that's just the reality for many Christians is they place their identity in things that. Are superficial, like mm-hmm. like sports, mm-hmm. um, you know, other things. You, you mentioned them or music, being a Swifty or a, or mm-hmm. a believer or whatever, um, or or friendships. Mm-hmm. N- none of these things are inherently bad, but when we place our identity in them instead of Christ, uh, that's when it starts to really hurt us, hurt our relationship with Christ, and and and. Maybe even people as well. Why? Why do people do this uh, so often when Scripture is clear what our identity should be in, which is Jesus? Mm. Well, that's a great question. The why questions uh, get to the heart of things. So, um, 
I would have to say that it's uh, often different. I think every everyone ends up uh, putting their identity in things that shouldn't be uh, a center, a centering thing, uh, for different reasons. But I think some of it's related to just the felt needs that we have <clears throat> in humanity. You know, if you talk about like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Uh, the things that we wake up every day thinking, here's what I need. I need, uh, you know, simple things, physical things. So you need food, you need water, uh, you need shelter. Great. But then when you start moving into things like uh, needing um, security uh, or needing significance or needing love, mm -hmm. uh, everyone wakes up often feeling the need for one of those things. Mm -hmm. I think those are just normal for the human experience, whether you're a believer or not. Mm -hmm. When you're a believer, you can know the truth of God's Word and mm -hmm. say, right. has God met our need for love and will He continue to meet our need for love every mm -hmm. single day of Himself and then also of other believers? He can meet those needs and He does promise to mm -hmm. meet those needs. Does He meet our needs for uh, security, um, significance. He meets those needs. He mm -hmm. promises us. He tells us in his word clearly that he does. We use Ephesians 1 and 2 in chapel when we talked about some of those things. Mm -hmm. But I think that's some of why people get uh, on the wrong track when thinking about mm -hmm. identity is they wake up feeling a need to be loved. Mm -hmm. And they say, where can I get that? Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling it enough either. If they're not a believer, they're not feeling it from God. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the same way, even if you're a believer, hey, I'm waking up today. I feel like I need love. Well, I don't feel like I have enough from God. I'm mm -hmm. not going to believe him in this. Where can I go to find it? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. You know, one, one of the people that I got to know uh, during high school, he was my high school math teacher for like two or three months. Then he had to resign because of health issues. But his name is Larry Becker. And uh, one of the things that he would say to us at the end of every single class is, he said, remember who you are and remember whose you are. Mm. That really, you know, just helped me mm. a lot, you know, mm. because I am Christ. But we can't know who we are unless we know whose we are. Uh, and as Christians, we are Christ's uh, children. We are his sons, his daughters, his co-heirs uh, with him in, in heaven. You know, I, I, one of the, another person who's made another impact on my life, I've had lots of them. Uh, Coach Robbie Bullinger from from here at Calvary, um, you know I would I would go to the morning workouts that he that he had with his basketball team, um, and at the at the end of it we would always have a Bible study thing, and he would always talk about how he was doing IMs in the morning. Like what what are IMs? It's, I am this in Christ. And I think people uh, give that a bad rap for some reason. Um, <laughs> which I don't, I don't understand, hmm. but like when we proclaim our identity in Christ, that helps us know who we are in Christ. Like we are loved. We are chosen. We're, we're adopted. We're, we're his workmanship. Uh, I think that's powerful uh, in the life of a believer to help us draw nearer to God in, in every, in every facet of our life hmm. by knowing who we are, by proclaiming who we are. How do you feel? So that's that? that's great. Uh, you you kind of mentioned two things there that I'd love to touch on. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one you mentioned is uh, the, the teacher that you had in high school. Mm -hmm. 
and knowing whose we are. Uh, last night I was actually teaching at our children, uh, you know, go to a church on Wednesday nights and I was helping teach mm -hmm. uh, the, I don't know, like eight to 12 year olds or something like right. that. And what I had them do uh, was we read through part of Revelation 21 and 22 and mm -hmm. Revelation 22, four reads this way. Yeah. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. Mm -hmm. So we talked about what that meant and what it primarily means is that he is saying, you are mine. Mm -hmm. And so we wrote Yahweh. They learned to write a little bit of Hebrew on each other's foreheads mm -hmm. with a little bit of uh, uh, paint uh, crayon or something like that is what we used. Right. So they learned how to write a little bit of Hebrew. Uh -huh. um, and they wrote the name of God, right. one of the names of God, could be the one that he uses, mm -hmm. on each other's foreheads. And my hope for them is that the takeaway is that God does identify us, not just as uh, the things that you you listed that are straight out of Ephesians, but he also mm -hmm. just says, hey, you're mine. Mm -hmm. You are mine. That's right. So it's a beautiful thing that your, uh, your high school teacher encouraged you to think about who we are and whose we are. I think uh, I think that was something that was certainly missing in my high school uh, for a very very long time, and him coming in just for those few months, uh, I know it helped me and my brother, and I, I know that it also did help um, a lot of people uh, around me. You know, I, I've been I listen to music quite a bit, um, and one of the songs that I found recently it's called "Sea of Faces" by Cutlass. Um, and, and basically, I'm just going to read the lyrics. Um, I would sing them, but I'm terrible at that. Uh, it, it says, I see the city lights all around me. Everyone's obscure. Ten, ten million people, each with their problems. Why should anyone care? And in your eyes, I can see I am not just a man vastly lost in this world, lost in a sea of faces. Your body's the bread. Your blood is the wine because you traded your life for mine. As Christians, we're no longer lost in that sea of faces because we we have uh, a relationship with the Creator of the universe uh, that that we're that we're not just lost in this world. We've been found by Jesus, and when we put our identity in the fact that we are found, that we're no longer dead in our sins, wow! It 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 is so so amazing when mm -hmm. when we figure that out and find that and live by that and for that. But so many Christians don't, and it's truly sad to see. Yeah, a book I've been reading lately, it's a Larry Crabb book on um, the body of believers, in essence, is the topic and how we uh, interact with each other. But a point that he makes uh, that's it's just true, when we become believers, we have to like believe that we are a new creation. Mm -hmm. And I think if we believe that, we have to recognize that even our deepest desires are changed by God. Mm -hmm. And if they are changed by God, if our deepest desires are to serve Him, to love Him, to love mm -hmm. others, to be good husbands, to be good fathers right. as men, to be good wives, be good uh, mothers as women, good sisters, good brothers, you name it, right? Mm -hmm. If those are deepest desires, we have to see that in one another as believers. We have to look into each other, even in the moments that are hard, where we've sinned, where we've screwed mm -hmm. up, and look into each other's eyes and say, I know what you really desire. Mm -hmm. I know you want to go after the Lord. Let me help you in going after the Lord. Let me pray with you. Let me encourage you. Um, so I think that it is key to con consider the change that happens, like you're saying in that mm -hmm. Cutlass song, 
Uh, Alex, I'm really proud of you for turning the clock back. This is almost before you were born when that song came out. They were a band in my day and age when I was in college. So uh, thanks for using their lyrics. That oh, was yeah. a cool song when it came out. Mm. I, I, love, I love listening to older songs. Uh, I mean, the, the songs that Christians come out with, to, with today are all right, but <laughs> I feel like the older ones are, are a lot better. Um, one of the things that I've seen, especially uh, from a lot of Christians, is that they place their identity in their struggle, you know, what they're dealing with, what they're going through. Uh, and then they forget to rely on God during those struggles. They're like, how can God relate to me whatsoever? Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was in Oregon uh, in at the end of February. And after I was leaving, I was just, I was sad because I was leaving friends that I hadn't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just on the plane, just, in my feels, I guess, about it. Mm. Um, and, you know, I was like, I can't just let this feeling or whatever sit there and fester and turn into something worse than it already is. So I just, I was praying and then I opened scripture and I opened scripture straight to Hebrews chapter four, which I, I had never read uh, mm. before. And if I, I don't think I had read it. And if I did, mm. it was, it wasn't recently. Uh, but I, I opened straight to Hebrews chapter four and my eyes laid straight on Hebrews four fourteen through 16, which says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confessions. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You know, that, that that's just one instance where I was, you know, in a time of need, and Christ met me where I was in that time of need. And that, that, that is something that every Christian is promised, that we can go boldly to the throne of grace, and we can put our identity in Him, and we can put our faith in Him, even when we're struggling, because He struggled too. Jesus struggled too, and uh, that He was, was in all points tempted as we are, but without sin. He relates to us, and He, you know, the commercials that were on Super Bowl, I, he gets us. That's such a profound thing. Um, even though it's simple, it's profound at the same time because the God of the universe understands where we're coming from. Yeah, I think that is one of the key points in that section of Hebrews, um, that he does understand mm-hmm. our struggle. He understands our temptation. So in that way, he gets us. Um, I, you know, did Jesus struggle? That would be a, a harder place for me to go. Mm-hmm. Honestly, fair, I don't. Fair. I don't know if I would go that uh, that far. That I think Hebrews or other passages go that far with it. Okay. But uh, was he tempted? Yes. Mm-hmm. But this wouldn't be a, a, a temptation that you know that like Jesus almost gave into something right. or that Jesus right. kind of wanted to or something right mm-hmm. uh so that's really good that's a great passage for that i've actually mm-hmm. been teaching through hebrews at my church really? recently awesome. and uh hebrews is close to my heart mm-hmm. and that passage in particular that we have a great high priest mm-hmm. and that we have a throne of grace mm-hmm. uh to draw near to we actually had a pa- uh, one of the elders that would speak often in israel um had been a missionary in israel for 
years and years and years and has some connections at Calvary. His name mm-hmm. was Joe McElreath. But anyway, he preached on uh, this passage, and he often mentioned it, uh, even preached on other passages, that this, th- this uh, throne of grace, we see in Revelation and other passages, a green hue around God's mm-hmm. throne. So for him, he would just think about this green, like green means go, like mm-hmm. go to this throne of grace, this beautiful place where God brings us in, allows us in, you know, for Old Testament believers, believers before the death of Christ, mm-hmm. only the high priest could go to God right. and only once a year. Mm-hmm. And we can go in any moment and find grace to help in the time of need. And that is uh, receive mercy. And that's a beautiful passage. Yeah, to consider. No, it certainly is. I want to shift back to Ephesians. We mentioned it a couple of <clears throat> times, um, but in dorm devos this year, we've been going through that. And that's it's Ephesians is so full of, you know, who we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mentioned a couple of them that, that we are, you know, his adopted sons and daughters, um, but Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, mm. which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, you know, talking to Coach Robbie um, a lot this uh, just this year, um, he's told me uh, that he heard a preacher once say that we are like uh, a pile of poop, but covered in snow. And Coach Robbie said that is a terrible terrible analogy because Christ says here, Paul says here in Ephesians, we're God's workmanship. Mm. We're we're not a pile of crap. We're not, you know, we're sinners, Mm. but we've been saved. We've been bought. We've been redeemed. We've been justified. And because of that, we are his workmanship Mm. created in Christ Jesus. Uh, But so many Christians believe this idea that, you know, we're that pile of crap Mm. when in reality, scripture says otherwise. Well, so as we study God's Word, it's so key to find balance in the way we understand it. Right. So if we have a passage that says, you know, like even Paul says he was the greatest of sinners. Yes, that's right. So if Paul says that, I guess I probably better consider myself quite a sinner. Mm -hmm. Like maybe, right, worse than Paul, Right. I'm guessing, after salvation. So... um. I look at Paul's words and I say, on the one hand, uh, I don't deserve anything in and of myself, and I am a sinner, and I still have a flesh, and I have to know and recognize these truths. If I just deny these truths, mm-hmm. then I'm also denying God's Word, or right. or maybe I'm not recognizing, hey, there is sin that can, mm-hmm. um, uh, can easily entangle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to know that that's true. Mm-hmm. And I have to know that the flip side is true, that I'm chosen, that I'm adopted, right. that that doesn't change, that I'm forgiven. Even when I am stuck in sin, I'm forgiven. If I have believed, um, he has forgiven me. He forgave me at the cross. The payment was made then. Uh, he doesn't need to re-forgive me every single time that mm-hmm. I know Jesus made one payment. That's you know, Hebrews that we were sitting in for a second there. Mm-hmm. Hebrews is so clear about That's that. Powerful. Once for all. It was done. It was finished. And, you know, having this podcast with you on uh, April 6th, just a few days before Easter, Mm. it's a time that, you know, we just have to look at that and say, praise God that once for all Mm -hmm. paid, done for, and still have a balance and say, I know that I still have a tendency Mm -hmm. to say, I know I still have a flesh. Yeah. 
those things that I don't want to do, I do. You know, mm-hmm. Paul says, why? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Why did God allow this? This is the way he made us. Mm-hmm. He has allowed it. He doesn't want us to sin. He wants us to grow out of it. Right. Let's be sanctified. Mm-hmm. Let's grow. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like how you said that, that there should be balance with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that certainly is correct. And um, many people forget that balance, yeah. um, which which is, it's it's uh, it's interesting. And it's mm-hmm. also sad to see. I'm looking at different Christian songs talking about identity. Mm-hmm. Man, there's so many. There mm-hmm. are so many pe- people who have written songs about <clears throat> About identity, who you say I am by Hillsong, you say by Lauren Daigle, who am I by Casting Crowns, No Longer Slaves by Bethel, Overcomer by Mandisa, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many of these. Um, you know, we listen to them and we hear them and we even sing them, yet we forget who we are. Mm. But I can assure you that if you're a Christian and you're listening to this, you are loved, you're chosen, you're redeemed. You're set free. You are washed. And it's so powerful when we remember that and we hold to that mm-hmm. and, and stead, hold steadfastly to that. Mm-hmm. It's powerful and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On a similar point to that, I uh, heard a professor, not one of ours, but I heard a professor recently share that uh, one of the clear things that we're told in Scripture that we'll be doing throughout eternity is searching the riches of the depth of God's grace. Mm -hmm. I think that forever in eternity, we will consistently be learning, uh, maybe not learning, that might not be the right word, but we will be seeing more and more the riches and the depths Mm -hmm. of God's grace. So to start now, and to grow in that and to recognize that more daily through the study of his word and through mm-hmm. the fellowship with believers through prayer is uh, it's a good mm-hmm. place to start. Yeah. No, that is that is truly powerful. You know, I'm going to I'm going to read this passage in a, in Ephesians and we'll we'll end it there if you if you want to say it something uh before we end you certainly can, but mm-hmm. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Don't place your identity in the things of this world. Don't place your identity in sports or music or friends. Put it in Christ, uh, and that will help you uh, in every way uh, that you can think. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Dean Josh, for for coming on here. Do you have anything else to say? Thank you, Alex. That's a great way to end this incredible verse. Powerful. Well, thank you so much for for coming on uh, this show, taking time out of your day to uh, be here. Guys, if you go to MyPillow.com and use promo code STONEWALL, you can get a discount of up to 66% off of your order. It's MyPillow.com, use promo code STONEWALL, you can get a discount of up to 66% off of your order. God bless you all and goodbye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed. You can also check us out at Stonewall's Perspective on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with the latest news. Stay anchored.